Welcome back to LifeCast with Ryan Leek. I am your host, Basti Cruz. And we've got Ryan here. And we're talking about one of those subjects that is much easier said than done. Yes. Drumroll. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. So, Ryan, I mean, you come for everybody's life when you write books like Unoffendable. You know, we're talking about being self-aware, being better. So what, in your mind, what are the steps to forgiveness? Well, um, you know, in one of our previous episodes, we talk about how sometimes there can be a lightness that I kind of carry when it comes to just like, just forgive them, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, yes. it's not, I know sometimes I, I can talk that way, mm-hmm. um, but I realize the heaviness of it, how serious it is, how hard it is. Um, and it's a hard but necessary thing that we need to do. For sure. Um, again, I know a lot of, a lot of people that um, listen to LifeCast um, or watch on YouTube um, aren't Christ followers. There is no way for me personally that I could walk in forgiveness without the love of Jesus, personally. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the first step in forgiving someone else is receiving the forgiveness of God. Mm-hmm. When you realize what you have been let off of the hook for, yeah, it's always going to be much easier to extend that to someone else. So for me, um, the the first step is is realizing you need forgiveness, and, and and sometimes it's like I'm I'm holding on to this thing because of what you've done to me, without the recollection of realizing the things that we've done to 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 other people. Um, in our minds, we've never broken anyone else's heart. Does that make sense? In, yes. In, in our mind, yeah. all we can see is is our own pain, and sometimes you have to you have to step up just a little bit, elevate our perspective, and just realize, wait a second, I've been on the other end of of some of the things that have caused me pain, mm-hmm. and and sometimes we will do a comparison. Well, I didn't do this, and and but. Man, if we took a fine-tooth comb through any one of our lifestyles, any one of our histories, there's a lot of bad there. Yeah. And to and to receive uh, forgiveness from God, I think is um, I think is the first step mm-hmm. to truly walking in in, mm-hmm. in forgiveness. You know, it's it's so interesting because I think it's what you said. Um, we don't ever think that we are going to break somebody's heart or cause the pain, right? Right. We only can say, well, they did this to me. I was hurt. I have a right, right. to hold on to this. Right. And I have a right to feel the way I feel. So it's, it's I, to your point of, you know, <laughs> just learning that, we are we we have been right off the hook for so many things and forgiveness he, god doesn't think twice about forgiving us you know mm-hmm. he we ask for it he forgives us right. so in our life when you think about forgiveness again we're talking what does it does it mean reconciliation 
does it mean that you're still, I forgive you and we're going to go to the mall tomorrow <laughs> and, you know, I forgive you. And I and I understand that there's different levels, right, of hurt sure. and pain. <clears throat> sure. But I'm talking about, like, someone that high level, right? So I forgive you. Come over for dinner tomorrow. Yeah. Um, some of the most difficult people to forgive are the ones that we don't get a choice to not have proximity with, especially when they're family. Oh, that's or, so true. Or someone that potentially we work with. Sometimes the only way we would ever have proximity is if we quit or if they were fired or if they quit. Yeah. Versa. So, um, but no, I, I don't think forgiveness equals reconciliation. In fact, I think um, we could do a whole season on boundaries. <laughs> sure. And, and, and sort of creating those and having healthy boundaries with people. Um, I don't think it's forgive and forget. I think it's forgive and learn. And so mm. sometimes there is something of me going, I'm going to let you off the hook, but I'm not going to continue to put myself in a position for you to hurt me. That's good. Um, Proverbs says, as a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool returns to its own folly. And sometimes we will return to the same relationships. Mm -hmm. We will return to the same toxic behaviors, mm -hmm. expecting a different result. Yeah. And then get have the nerve to get mad at God for us being in the same cycle. And so sometimes to break that cycle, sometimes you have to break the proximity to to the person that is causing you pain. Yeah. Um, sometimes you're breaking the proximity because you're the one causing them pain and they they don't have the strength to walk away from you. Yes. And so I I don't I don't always believe that forgiveness equals reconciliation. In fact, I'm I am pro forgiveness from a distance. Yeah. You know, I can forgive you all the way over here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God bless you yes. over there. Can keep you at arm's length. But, yeah. but, but there there are some, there are just some relationships that are just so toxic. Mm -hmm. And um, they don't know how to not be toxic around mm -hmm. each other. And so sometimes the best thing is to to create some, some separation. The, the way to really know that is to... Um, involve the right people. You want to have a good set of uh, somewhat unbiased, objective perspectives in your life. Um, that's why I always recommend people find mentors and they're constantly reaching out to people. You, there, you, there will never be a shortage of people in this world that want to give their advice to other people. <laughs> never. So, so to be able <laughs> so to, to find um, some godly, older wisdom to someone that has learned a lot of lessons that can look back and say, hey, Here's some perspective. Um, I'm very much a, a fan of counseling, mm -hmm. being able to go, hey, what, yes. you know, invite another referee in to to be able to make some calls for you to say, hey, is this a person? Um, sometimes a person needs a second chance, and, and I'm all for a second chance. Mm -hmm. When we start getting into 10th <laughs> and 11th. Yes. You know, that, that. You're not learning something at that you, point. Yeah, you're, at that, you're not at, learning. At that so, point, you've invited that that toxic Right. Uh, culture, right? It's part of that relationship, yeah. And you keep going back to it. It's kind of like um, a friend and I were having a conversation, and she yep. was telling me that she got to the point in her single life where she was like, you know, Vasti, because she was in an, an abusive relationship, uh, physical and emotional. She said, when I left that relationship and I went through the healing process, she's like, I remember getting to a point where I was so mm. desperate to have somebody, right? 
that if they didn't emotionally abuse me, physically or verbally, I accepted mm. the liar. Mm. I accepted all of it. Mm. So I really wasn't learning mm. from my past. Mm. You know, I was just accepting what was coming to me. They were still hurting me, mm. but I was still like, well, at least they didn't beat me. Mm. And I'm like, wow. Mm. So it's, it's, and it's like the whole going back to the vomit. Mm-hmm. If you don't learn from it and you don't break that cycle, the hardest thing for us to do in life mm. is change. Mm. Change is hard for everyone. Mm. I like change. Yeah, I do too. I like it. It keeps things exciting in my life. Mm. But I will say that even though I like it, at some point in the journey of change, I do get kind of like, ooh, mm-hmm. I actually like the way that was. And I sure. think that's the whole thing with forgiveness is that People forgive and they think that the relationship is going to be the same exact way. Right. And it's like, no, it's like what you said. You have to put mm-hmm. a hard stop. You have to put boundaries there. Right. So it's like you have to pull away from that to really say, this is what's healthy for me yeah. and you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sometimes people change their number for a reason. Yes. They have to. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So how do we forgive people that will never change? And that will continue to keep hurting us, especially if it's a person that we're married to, a sibling, a parent, mm-hmm. a coworker. Again, I'm a Jesus person. Mm-hmm. And so I always that's always going to be my go to. It's always going to be sort of my gut reaction is, you know, what did Jesus say? You know, it's interesting about Jesus. If Jesus was here today, I think Christians would hate him. Man, that's and the a good... reason I say that is because his response to to things is never what we want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I think perhaps one of the most polarizing, one of the most debatable, one of the most controversial statements Jesus ever made was love your enemies. It's like, dude, do you know what an enemy is? Mm. And loving your enemy is this lofty idea until you have one. <laughs> you know, That's so it's like true. as soon as you have one, it's like, wait, you want me to do what? He then goes on to say, uh, do good to those who hate you, which is just like, I mean, that just flips our entire culture upside down. That's not, no, we're, yeah. we're trying to take down the people for sure that are against us. Mm-hmm. Um, bless those who curse you. The, the people that we can't stand are not the people that we would buy lunch for the people that we would speak blessings over. And then he caps it off and he says something that I think is extremely practical. I don't know that I've ever talked to anybody who's done it. Pray for those who hurt you. <laughs> Pray for those who hurt you. Which is just like... That's... Wow. That That's a... Only... And honestly, that's that's probably why I follow Jesus. Because it's like, who does that? Do you know what is required to pull that off? You have to be such a different kind of person. Yeah. To be able to um, think about the people in your life that have hurt you the most. It's like you barely pray for people that, like, you love. Yeah. You know, let alone people that have talked about you, have cheated on you, have ridiculed you, who talked about you behind your back mm-hmm. to... Say their name out loud to God. Um, to me is is the path to forgiveness, and and the people that won't change, 
um, that will continue continually hurt you. Um, I think it's important that you have some healthy boundaries, but I do think, um, I think you should pray for that person. So you really think I should pray for my ex-husband? Now, I don't wish him bad. Sure, 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 sure. I've let that go. Right. Forgiven him. But I should add him in my prayers? I want to answer your question, but I want to ask you a question. Sure. How did you know when you forgave him? Hmm. What 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 was what was sort of the the litmus test of going? I forgive. At what point did you hear news of something going on in his life and it not fire you? Like gut punch me. Right. I think what we're in twenty twenty. I've been divorced now four years. It's been four years. It's been four years. Wow. Yeah, I think that. It was probably about a year ago or a year and a half ago. Um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a year ago, a year and a half ago. I was on the phone with a friend of mine and they were delivering news. They're like, I just want to let you know, just before it gets to you. And I'm like, how is it going to get to me? I'm in Dallas. Like, and I don't follow on social media or whatever. Sure. Um, and I remember them telling me and I wasn't upset. like. Mm. angry, like, oh, my God. But I was like, you know what? Good for him. Mm. Good. Mm. And it was something that I had kind of, like, helped foster, like, you know, something that I motivated him to do that they said he finally did it. And Mm. I was like, good for him. Mm. And I remember hanging up because when you go through something like a divorce, because no one marries to get a divorce, But when you go through something like a divorce and it was a deliberate offense, right? Like my ex-husband was unfaithful. But when I think back to everything, Mm. I also had to own my part, right? I had Mm. to walk away and say, okay, I own my part of this. But however, I feel like I couldn't, I gave him a lot of power Mm. in those years of me crying and being upset Mm. that I said, I can't give you any more power so mm. what what can i do be happy for him mm. you know what wish him the best bless him in his new endeavors whatever he's doing in his life not that i don't care like mm-hmm. um if he were to drop dead tomorrow i mean knock on wood but it would i would i would be sad but it yeah. wouldn't be that sting like five six years ago when i was married to him right mm. so i think that that's when I knew, when I could see something good happening for him and actually thinking, wow, good for him. Mm. And now it's just like, I don't I don't know. I just, it, it's something that I don't put a lot of thought to it. But sure. I also have never said, Lord, I pray for, and I pray you bless him. You know, I've also never said that. And sometimes I ask myself like, is does that mean that I haven't forgiven him because I'm not praying for him? I wouldn't say that. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I, I would say um, praying for someone that has hurt you, or in your case, praying for an ex, ensures that he stays forgiven. It's an mm, insurance policy. That's good. You know, it, it's a 
No, I'm not saying that, you know, he should be on your bathroom mirror, <laughs> you know, put his name up every day. Yeah. But I think to, to, to have him, his name in the rotation, his family in the rotation, I think that is good for our soul. No, you're right. To say, mm-hmm. you know, to, to look at our ex-anything, our ex-boss, someone that's hurt us, mm-hmm. to to regularly pray for them, to say, yeah. God, you know, I, I think it is, in, it is, is a practical activity for us to say, you know what, I don't I don't want to live with this. And sometimes the residue, sometimes things just come up. You don't even know that you are still hurt about something. Um, I think it's important. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking of a couple of names right now that I'm just like, yeah, I probably need to pray for them mm-hmm. because I've given them some, some thought life space. Mm-hmm. And... I really should have been giving them a little bit more prayer life space to say, mm. no, Lord, I, I want to actually pray Thought life space mm-hmm. versus prayer life space. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm. That's good because yeah. we we do. We all give everybody more thought space than pray for them. Oh, yeah. Or pray about the situation. Right. Um. So that one right there, that's a good one. Write yeah. that down if you're listening, if you're watching, write it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing I wanted to, to kind of, as we're talking is, how does how do you move toward forgiveness? How do you keep this like part of your lifestyle? You know, some people honestly, sometimes the biggest step in forgiveness is deciding that you want to. Hmm. Like just making a decision, like I want to forgive. Because sometimes you've been so hurt, that's all you got left. Yeah. You, yeah. you stole everything from me. For you sure. You took my joy, you took my peace, you took you took my stuff, you took my life. You took my business. You t- like you. You feel like holding on is all I have to hold on to, mm-hmm. and so I, I think making the decision because I don't. I don't think forgiveness is an overnight thing. I, I, I really do believe it is a journey. Mm-hmm. But making the decision that 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 I that I want to, I think is the step forward to to even saying out loud, Lord, I want to forgive this person. That's good. And wanting to. Saying it out loud is so massive because until you want to, we don't really do a whole lot of things that we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Until until we have said it out loud, until we've said, hey, Lord, help me get to this place where it's honest, not mm-hmm. where I'm just saying that I've done it, but to where it's truly in my heart. I've truly given this to you because I don't I don't believe forgiveness is saying, Hey, what this person did wrong is right. Yeah. I think what forgiveness really is is saying, I'm no longer holding this person responsible for my wholeness. Yes. I'm gonna go to God for my wholeness and I'm gonna let them off the hook. Because we all believe if they would just apologize, I would forgive them. Yeah. That that would make me whole. Apologies don't make people. No, whole. no, you're right. And so I think the good news for anybody listening, anybody watching is is that there is a life available to them where they could move on without an apology. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people will stand in line for 30 years waiting for an apology, and that person will go to the grave, and they never got their apology. And they will lose decades of their life You know, waiting for someone to try um, to fix something. That, that, is, that is very true, because I had to forgive him before getting that apology. When I got the apology recently... Oh, I didn't know that. I th- I thought I told you. You told me that when our friend died. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we we had our, our actually our friend that hooked us up died. One of his best friends. Oh wow! And when he died, and he called me to tell me that he died. 
Mm. I was obviously like, wow, I'm so sorry. This is tough. Whatever. Mm. Hung up. About a week and a half later, I get the call. Mm. And it was him. And I'm like, why is he calling me again? And um, I answered. And he just says to me, his spiel of, I'm asking for forgiveness. And I remember I was driving on 35, you know, trying not to get killed. And I remember feeling like, wow, like, Mm. because I had already forgiven him, it didn't do anything. It actually, well, it did make me feel like I'm not crazy, (laughs) you know? Like, it did validate that part of, like, I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew I wasn't, like, Mm. going through whatever. However, when I hung up, I think I didn't tell a lot of people for, like, a while. Like, Mm. maybe a week or two had passed because I was processing. And I went to my counselor, and she was like, well, how did it make you feel? And I said, it just... I don't know. It felt like just normal. It just felt like, okay, thanks. Mm. And she says, and that's how you know you're walking in forgiveness. Mm. She said, because if you weren't, Mm. you would have hung up that phone and you would have went on your social media like, and I finally got my apology. And you would have wrote all these quotes. And I'm just like, I just think that when I got the apology, and I remember telling certain people, and them feeling like, oh, okay, now I can forgive them. Because it's funny how people in my life thought mm. that what happened to me happened to them. Mm. So it was almost like they couldn't forgive him until I forgave him. And I'm mm. just like, hey, this didn't happen to you. It happened to me. Right. So I think... And that's a thing. And I was about to... Way. That's what I was about to segue. And I'm mm-hmm. going a little off our script. Yeah. But I was going to say, what do you do with people in your life that when you have forgiven a person that has hurt you that has betrayed you, that has just done the worst things to do, and you've forgiven them, what do you do with your your family and your friends right. that say, how could you? Right, right. It's like and, secondhand forgiveness. Yes. Really, yeah. yeah. And some of these people are Christian too, right? They love oh, Jesus. Yeah. And oh, yeah. so how do you how do you deal with that dynamic? Or even, I'm gonna ask you too, a person that's living in a home with a person that they have forgiven. You know, like I know couples that have gone through infidelity and they've sure. restored their marriage. Or I, I know a couple that husband bankrupt them. She had no idea. Betrayal, mm-hmm. right? How do they keep that? And their circle knowing like, wow, they've forgiven them. I guess I should too. Like, how do you keep that all healthy? You know, I, I think there needs to be a a constant reminder in your space of what exactly it is that we're doing here. And what I mean by that is, I think there needs to be a constant reminder of the grace of God. Hmm. And I think we so easily move on and forget about what the grace of God not has done for us, is doing what is saving us from in the future. And I think the grace of God is so underestimated that we sometimes forget to extend it to other people. And I think that's a daily thing. Mm. I don't think that's a one and done. Mm-hmm. And I think for when you start talking about secondhand forgiveness of, you know, me holding on to something that really is someone else's to carry, um, it's weird. It's it's kind of an oxymoron. When you when that person was hurting, it was like, I want you to carry this thing with me. So they're like, okay, come on, let's lock yep. arms. I'm gonna carry yep. this thing with you, and then you let it go. 
And yet they're still holding on to it. And you're like, it. let it go. I let it go. Like, they're like, but now you got to like walk them through. <laughs> yeah. Through this yeah. deal, which is um, kind of the dance I think we have to to play a little bit yeah. when we do carry each other's burdens because mm-hmm. uh, we don't often drop them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there can be some legit concerns like, hey, are you going to forgive and reconcile? Now I feel like this is dangerous and I feel like what they did also hurt me and mm-hmm. I don't want you to get hurt again or you to put yourself in that mm-hmm. position. And that that can get um that that can get a little tricky. Um which is why I'm I'm a huge proponent of always inviting a uh, wise perspective into our lives mm-hmm. to just say, "Hey, here's a situation I forgave. I, I'm letting I'm letting this thing go. Am I seeing this thing clearly?" You know, and, and, and checks and balances. What you want to do is you want to be able to let the other person know who's still holding on to it. Hey, I'm not I'm not walking down a trap. I'm okay. Yeah. I need you to be okay. Yeah, okay? So, for sure. So if if I'm, while I appreciate you being a friend and supporting me, you were not the victim in this situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if the victim is letting it go, then then I think it's important that that you at least, again, make a decision that you want to. You can't expect people to flip the forgiveness switch. Yes. Because I don't believe there is a forgiveness switch. Yes. I do think there is a grace and mercy reminder that we can go, you know what, yeah, uh, I've been let off the hook. And that usually sends a release inside my soul to go, I should probably let them off the hook Mm -hmm. too. In light of, again, not them getting what I think they deserve, but in light of what I got that I did not deserve, I should probably extend the same thing to them. That's good. And it's also interesting how when you forgive sometimes people that, you know, in my case, I'll, I'll use my story. Like when I forgave him and I moved on from it and whatnot, it's interesting also to see how some people saw it as weakness. Mm. You forgave him already? Like, what do you mean? And it's like... <laughs> What you I I refuse to live in the bitter barn. That was my big thing. The bitter barn. I've never heard that. I do not want to live in the bitter yeah. barn of divorce. Yeah. And I refused. So I was like, what do I what do I have to do? The opposite. So that's why I'm saying it's like it's interesting how some people see forgiveness as oh you gave them a pass. You it's it's oh that's so weak. You forgave them? It's it takes great strength to forgive. Mhm. And I think sometimes what people are referring to is, well, I, I'm going to sweep it under the rug, so I'm just going to ignore it. Yeah. And that, that's not forgiveness. That's just sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. Um, but it, it takes great courage to forgive, contrary to popular belief. For sure. And if a person can find the strength to begin to let go, um, I think that is a worthy, a worthy battle to fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Well, in your book, you talk about virtually a lifestyle of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you mean by that? What does that look like um, yeah. for us to live when we talk about unoffendable and forgiveness? You know, so there's there's this part in the book where it's like, let's deal with some past pain. All right. Now, let's let's prepare ourselves for the future. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we talked about this in, in episode one of, of season two of like this idea of preparing for an election. Someone is going to offend you. Someone is mm-hmm. going to hurt you over the next two years, mm-hmm. over the next five years, over the next 10 years. This is a part of life. And if we wait for someone to hurt us to then decide who we're going to be, it's too late. It's too late because we're not great responders. We have to make a decision ahead of time as to the type of person that we want to be. So 
you think about what prejudice is. This is prejudging. Okay, I'm making a judgment about you before I even know you. Think of it in like, what, what's the opposite of that? You know, that would be what? Pre-mercy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> pre-grace? Like it's going, yeah, yeah. Is it pre-grace? <laughs> is it, you know what? I'm going to go into this meeting. It's probably somebody's going to get on my nerves. But you know what? Before they do that, I've already decided in my mind, I'm going to give them grace. Yeah. And it's it's deciding to forgive someone before they hurt you. Mm-hmm. And it's your life. It's your lifestyle. So there are, um, I, I've, I've had friends that have said some very hurtful things over the past couple of months. And in the moment I was going, I can't believe they said that. But then I think, I already, I already made a decision about how I was going to handle this moment, yeah. and and so, hey, I'm I'm going to do my best to own my part and, and do the best that I can in, in this conversation, and try to be unoffendable or at least mm-hmm. try not to stay offended. Um, for sure. And I was offended. I was very offended for sure. Uh, for a solid forty-eight, seventy-two hours came, and I said, I, I got to own my part. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I can't I I'm not gonna live here. Yes. I went here, but I, I'm not I'm not gonna live here. And I've already decided the type of person that I want to be. Yeah. And uh, I I refuse to let someone else's offense. I, I really believe offense is a temptation to pull you out of the character of who you really are. And so I just refuse to allow someone. Can you say some, that again? Offense is a temptation to pull you out of the character of who you are. That's and so, so good. I refuse to fall for that temptation. Like, you can say whatever you want. And yes, I, I am not Superman. I bleed. But I am not going to start being someone else in response to your offense. I'm going to keep my character intact, keep my integrity intact, and continue to to live the life I believe God's called me to live. Because then it goes back to what do you want to be known for? Absolutely. And if you're constantly responding to the offense, it changes 100%. who you are, how you act, how you respond. Yeah. Man, this was yeah. this was heavy. Yep. I I feel challenged, yeah. and I hope y'all feel challenged. Yeah. And get this book, you guys. It's you're not gonna. It's not gonna be a purchase that yeah. you'll regret, like yeah. those app things you bought a couple right. episodes ago. <laughs> um, but this was good. Can you yep. let us know uh, what nonprofit. awesome nonprofit you're gonna highlight today? Yeah. So uh, today, I, I want to plug Hope International. Um, it's a great organization um, that's doing some great missions work. Around the world, uh, what what I like about Hope International is they're not just uh, spreading the gospel around the world. What they're also trying to do as well is provide economical solutions to people in in dire situations. So it's one thing to um, give someone some money. It's another thing to put them in a position to create wealth for themselves. And so they're doing some pretty unique things. So go ahead and, and check out this video and support Hope International. At Hope International, we look at the world around us and see beauty and potential, but we also see brokenness, broken communities, broken families, and broken dreams. We believe that God wants to restore this brokenness. Hope International's mission is to invest in the dreams of families in the world's underserved communities as we proclaim and live the gospel. We do this in four ways. We provide people with biblically-based training, equipping them to mobilize the skills God has given them. We offer them a safe place to save money for the future. We help unlock their potential through small loans. And we disciple, pointing people toward Christ while connecting them to local churches. So what does this approach look like? Meet Marie. Marie lives in a large city in the Republic of Congo. 
With no formal education and few jobs available, she and her husband struggle to provide for their children. God has given Marie skills, dreams, and a great work ethic. She's a talented seamstress, but with her family's limited income, it would take her 20 years to save up $100 for a sewing machine. But what if Marie could buy a sewing machine today? Through hope, she joins a group of entrepreneurs from her community and receives a small loan. She uses the money to make her sewing business a reality, meaning more regular income for her family. Over six months, her group meets every other week. During these meetings, they worship, study the Bible, complete biblically-based training, save money, and make repayments together. Marie is hearing about Christ's love and learning to walk with Him. Now she is more able to put her skills to work and her family is on the path to thriving. Daniel also has big dreams for his family. Daniel is a farmer in rural Malawi. His family lives mostly on the crops he grows and they sell whatever's left over. Even though he works hard, Daniel never seems to earn much beyond his family's daily needs. But when neighbors from a local church invite him to a savings group, he joins. Each group member saves small amounts, sometimes as little as 10 cents a week. As their collective savings grow, they can use these funds for school fees, emergencies, or to invest in businesses. With his savings, Daniel buys and raises goats selling their kids at market, and eventually he saves enough for a cow. When the group meets together, they support one another, pray, study scripture, and learn how God has equipped them to provide for others in their churches and communities. Now, Daniel has more hope for the future. Around the world, we're seeing men and women use the gifts God has placed in their hands, their time, dreams, and talents, to break the cycle of poverty. We're seeing them reconciled to their creator and their dignity restored. We're seeing relationships thrive within families, neighborhoods, and communities. That's how hope helps families flourish. Learn more about investing in dreams at hopeinternational.org. Thanks for checking out today's episode with LifeCast with Ryan Leake. If you loved this episode, you felt challenged, we want you to do a few things. We want you to rate it, we want you to review it, and we want you to subscribe. And we want you to share it with a friend. So, until next time, we're out. Alla. Right.